Well, yeah, there's a lot of challenges. The, um, the change in the way uh, professional industry people work is been deeply impacted by COVID. I think people uh, from the engineering level to supply chain to even our suppliers have become very comfortable with you know, the virtual vehicle. Um, we, uh, we set goals for ourselves for uh, a certain number of virtual meetings with our customers, for example, um, because we've come to realize that if you go to the customer and you say, look, how, how do you want to work? Oftentimes they'll tell us, we want you to work with us virtually because as of now, even today, there are several of my largest accounts that the, the entire staff is not, uh, is not fully back in the facility itself, the facility proper. Um, we have engineers that have packed up and moved to remote locations and they never intend to come back. So uh, when we're focused on technology tech meetings, we find that the customers desire this approach. What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Sana Vinding, and today I have Cameron Inglis with me. He's the president, CEO at Inglis Technical Sales. He specializes in electronic, mechanical, and electronic technology. He's managing and operating a highly skilled sales team. He's also an active member of the Electronics Representative Association, ERA, where he's part of the executive committee as a senior VP of industry. Cameron, I'm so happy to have you here today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. This will be fun. Yeah. So um, we've known each other for a couple of years um, and I just love how we are, you know, either we're connecting, we are a conference or we actually, you know, we, we see each other because we've been working together or, you know, through LinkedIn. So it's just, I'm so happy with, with this connection. So that's, it means, means a lot for me to have you here today. Um, so I, I know you, but maybe not all the listeners know you. So I don't know if you could just provide like a little, little quick introduction of, of who you are. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Cameron English. Our company is English Technical Sales. Uh, we cover Southern California, Arizona, New Mexico as a manufacturer's representative. Um, we have a, what I call a broad line of technology from semiconductors, uh, FPGAs, all the way across to electromechanical, PEMCO, um, board level components. Um, we've been in business uh, since 1974. And I'm second generation manufacturer's rep, and I, I took over uh, running the company around 1995. So kind of a career manufacturer's rep, not kind of a career manufacturer's rep. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so, and, and I'm impressed with ETS. Um, it's, it's just, you know, because you have a company culture, right? You're staying in front, you know, with the digital marketing. You have a great, you know, you represent great manufacturers as well. So, so let's, let's dive in a little bit. So let's, let's talk maybe a bit about the culture. Um, so how, how have you created this amazing company culture that you have? And what does it take to have it? Well, you know, um, it's something that goes back to a lot of the popular writing. Um, there's the old saying that culture will beat strategy in a business uh, environment any day. And um, 
it goes back to uh, actually some of the breakout sessions I attended at ERA that they really emphasized how a culture can really create a dynamic team of productivity. So our company went out and we invested in a consultant that came in and uh, performed, you know, the, the DISC testing. If you're familiar with the DISC DISC testing, it basically profiles um, personalities and how to communicate. Yeah. And once we got into that, we realized that um, almost across the board, with a few exceptions, but almost across the board, we're a very competitive group of people. And I saw that as just like a real positive um, characteristic of my team. The, the members of the team were almost off the charts in their drive to be competitive. So I started looking at all those writings and business philosophical, uh, philosophical writings about how to build a team, how to create a team. There's actually some really great books. Uh, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team had a big impact on me. Um, several really good authors out there, but uh, I mean, you, you, you can find they're very prolific. But we sat down with my managers and I said, you know, we're in a very creative business. At the end of the day, it's not it's not going to really end up a winning strategy if you're just in a grind all the time. So how do we create a creative focus on the deal flow and how to win and how to um, create a company that is built up of celebrating success and and not, you know, we in the old days, we used to have meetings, we called them beatings. Because, you know, we need more of this. We need more of that. We need more of that. And if, by the time you get done with that, we're going to need some more after that, too. But so so we really focused on celebrating. For example, we have this really nice characteristic of when someone books an order in the company, we publish an announcement to everybody. It says, so-and-so booked an order for this manufacturer, for this customer, for this amount. And it is just really heartwarming for me to see the how well that resonates with everybody yeah. in the company yeah. to celebrate. So a spirit of celebration, I think, is a good start. Yeah. So with the whole pandemic, um, how did that change? Did that change your company culture or did that actually help you? Because now suddenly we were like everybody was remote, right? And virtual. How, how did that impact your the way you work together? Well, I, I do think that there were a lot of challenges. Um, we lost several suppliers because they were so closely aligned with automotive and commercial aviation and industries that um, I think were deeply impacted. And we didn't lose them because they hired another rep. They just fired all their reps across the country. But on a positive note, we gained more than we lost because we were able to pivot and refocus on the verticals that were showing great success. So I think that's the characteristic of a very close collaborative team. We were able to communicate to our team that um, it's time for us to really refocus our energy, our efforts, and our time, talent, and resources. You know, the three, the three key ingredients that a rep has, because we don't have inventory to leverage, for example, like yeah. a distributor or a manufacturer has, you know, the manufacturing capability to leverage it. We have our time, talent, resources. So you're going to find this funny or maybe odd, but I'm already looking ahead. And uh, we have our staff meeting coming up on Monday. And I've challenged the team. I said, I want you to bring 
your top 10 accounts that you believe would be recession proof? Because I have a feeling that we're facing some very, very challenging dynamics in our economy coming up. So I said, look for technologies, look for products, look for industries that are elastic and can maybe even benefit from a recession slowdown. And then you're going to present on those and you're going to explain why you believe they could you know, overcome a downturn, for example. So we've been on a tear now for two years and um, I don't think it'll stand up for the long, long run. So, so as a team, we challenge each other. I think that's another characteristic of a team that can, can rise up and face, you know, diversity and, um, challenges within, let's face it, things that are out of our control. Yeah, agree. And I think by giving that kind of challenge as well is how you push and actually get your team to grow as well, right? Because then suddenly they have to to think in a different way. They have maybe they will have some meetings, you know, with with some of the customers. Um, so it just, I, I love it. I think it, it, it's always that it's also how I grow, you know, you have to get out on a little bit of rocky water <laughs> yeah. to, to, to see how it is. And then it's, it's sometimes it's also the dialogue that you have when you present, right? That actually then suddenly you're like, you, you get it. Um, something else I want to touch as well is because you have ETS has succeeded a lot, really great with digital marketing and you like staying in front as a market leader, as a manufacturing rep. Um, so can you can you talk more about that? You know how how have you succeeded with with digital marketing? Well, yeah, I think this came a lot from the work that you uh, initially introduced us to, and um, frankly, it came from uh, collaborating with other reps. So um, we reached out and we partnered on some of the uh, software programs like Zoom Info and AutoClose with another rep uh, partner that we're non-competitive with. And, and then we met with you and we you gave us a lot of uh, counseling and consulting on how do we bring this together. From there, we were the very fortunate to receive the um, internship award from the ERA to invest in a intern. And we found someone out of Cal State Fullerton. So today we have two dedicated digital marketing people that do weekly auto close blasts and then we mine for data using auto uh, using zoom info so but this digital marketing thing i think is something that is now part of the um the resource inventory that reps need to stand up and deliver if you're a manufacturer's rep and you're not doing this on behalf of your manufacturers i think that um you need to really reconsider what your uh what your plan is because we either are aligning with the marketing teams at our suppliers and collaborating with them more closely than I've ever seen before in the history of our company, or we're actually shouldering that burden on behalf of our manufacturers and doing our digital marketing. So we're getting great results. Yeah. Um, what everybody wants to see in a dynamic market is business development. So at a 30,000 foot view, we call it business development. At the street level, we call it, you know, basically technical blasts out to, we focus on engineers, but uh, we really are trying to uh, find that next project for our customers. So 
being be in front of it. That's that's great. So what about um let let's talk about you know when you, you're saying you're focusing on, on the engineers, right? So if you target them and you're saying, okay, now you want actually to book that meeting, um, and that can be in person, right? It can be face to face, it can be the virtual interface face to face, it can be the email, it can be the text, right? There's so many ways we can communicate. Um, and I think if I look at my time, um, it's been harder to, if it's something outside of the company, it's been harder to book a time with me uh, because I value my time differently now. Um, again, right, if I can if I can order something online and ship it to my house, I'd rather want to do that than spend my time going to the store and buy it if I know what I'm, what I'm getting. Um, and I think that's reflecting into my business calendar. You know, I'm, I really value my time. Have, have you seen any challenges here? And, and how, how are you going around it to, to book that, that time, actually? Well, yeah, there's a lot of challenges. The um, the change in the way uh, professional industry people work is been deeply impacted by COVID. I think people uh, from the engineering level to supply chain to even our suppliers have become very comfortable with you know the virtual vehicle. Um, we uh, we set goals for ourselves for. Uh, a certain number of virtual meetings with our customers, for example, um, because we've come to realize that if you go to the customer and you say, look, how how do you want to work? Oftentimes they'll tell us, we want you to work with us virtually because as of now, even today, there are several of my largest accounts that the entire staff has not, uh, is not fully back in the facility itself, the facility proper. Yeah. Um, we have engineers that have packed up and moved to remote locations and they never intend to come back. So uh, when we're focused on technology tech meetings, we find that the customers desire this approach. But let me say this too. It's always been a challenge. You know, since yeah. since I started this business, getting someone to have a meeting with you has always been a challenge. So the bottom line is there has to be a compelling reason. And we look for technology on our line card that, is has a value proposition to tell you the truth. Yeah, um, we've we've moved a, a bit away from commodity type products, and we've focused more on engineered solutions. So, I think for us, uh, we're looking for that engineered solution that's going to benefit the customer, and they have a an interest in actually talking to us. But um, a funny story: I was with a major customer. They invited me to their supplier summit which was actually very cool. There was about 200 people there, everything from distributors to manufacturers. And there was just a small group of reps that had attended. And afterwards we went out for dinner and drinks and we were sitting around the table with four supply chain people that were in their mid twenties. And I asked them, I said, so how do you like to be communicated with interacting with your suppliers? And they said, Oh, well, you know, email's good, but we prefer text. Yeah. And so, well, wait a second. You you want your suppliers to text you? They said, yeah, it's just super efficient. And I said, wow, that's new for me. I don't, I didn't really use text that much for business. And they said, oh, you're probably one of those guys that still leaves voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like guilty as charged. So I've changed up my personal style. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to deploy that, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I never saw text as a professional medium, but now 
this new generation of people coming up, they want incredible efficiency. They want quick. They want fast. They have, they're juggling and multitasking way more than I think we've ever seen in industry before. So something to think about, you know, yeah. um, things yeah. are changing. Oh, they are. They are. So I just to, to compliment that one, so with my kids, right, if they're texting with their friends and they're like, oh, they're not answering, I'm like, call them. You can also, the phone here, right? <laughs> well, yeah. no, you don't need to leave a voicemail, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's, there's a lot of generations. So what about sort of skill set, right? Because you're again talking about maybe that's more behaviors and, and, and what we, the younger generation are, are going for, are looking for. Uh, to multitask, but what about what what kind of skill set? If you're going to hire some expand your team or hiring into your team, what what kind of skill set are you looking for? Well, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is communication skills, and I mean in writing and in um, in your how you articulate and 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 having a professional business demeanor. And um, people talk a lot about how texting is our population is going to lose its ability to form a complete sentence. But I actually see something else happening. Um, I see that as I work on different customer projects, uh, there's a lot more integration of the entire uh, team from that company's organization. So I see people that are from project management. I see people from engineering. I see people from supply chain. And I see people from, of course, um, purchasing And, and and on our end, I see the same thing deployed by our manufacturers. So what's happening is the people that are going to succeed in this new reality are going to be very uh, skilled at being collaborative and strong team uh, coordinators. Uh, and that includes communication, includes uh, multitasking, and includes uh, being able to keep up the speed of ma managing projects. But uh, As things move forward, I see that organizations are embracing more of a collaboration type approach to product development more than ever before. So when we look for people, it sounds a little corny, but I ask them to write me a paragraph about why they want to come to work for English Technical Sales. Yeah. And I make them do it in my conference room before they leave because I don't want them to get help from their significant <laughs> other or from their Google it. No. Their English <laughs> Professor, and I just say this is the last thing I want you to do before you leave. Yeah, is please just take take. If you don't have your laptop with you, then you can borrow mine and just write it. Uh -oh. And and really because um, there's no one that's going to be successful in today's business environment if they can't articulate professionally in writing. Yeah, but of course multitasking is is the new world order you have to be able to juggle you know so much at once and uh, yeah, and prioritization right i think that's also you can have a lot yeah. but it's also important to have your prioritization and, and critical thinking um i want to go back to the the manufacturer of the suppliers right because with the whole marketing where you said that you have some right that's really great you know giving you information or giving you marketing um material so so if you could have everything um what what kind of of supplier you know what what should they provide to you so you could shine even more uh with with a digital marketing program wow um we are we are approaching christmas so <laughs> <laughs> we 
<laughs> I can I can make it my Christmas wish, but yeah. <laughs> I would say I would say the first thing that a manufacturer's rep would look for in a manufacturer mm-hmm. is an all-in commitment to the strategy, to the I'll call it the rep function or the the deploying of a rep strategy in your sales and marketing. That's the first thing. And then if you were to break that down, um, that's going to require and demand a manufacturing company that has a commitment to customer-facing policies. So, so often I see manufacturers that are so wrapped up in their internal policies, their internal, um, call it dogma and doctrine, that they they lose sight of the customer. And um, the best companies to represent are the companies that um, really start with the customer and develop um, their internal programs and plans and policies around what is what do our customers need? Yeah. And so it kind of comes down to an interesting um, set of of capabilities that are what I'll call um, soft strategies, but the ability to have fast and accurate information mm-hmm. to support their reps so the reps can support the customers. The the ability to be responsive. I know it sounds kind of like a cliche, but the old three uh, legs of a stool, Yeah, there's four now. And the obvious price, delivery, and quality, There's the fourth one is responsiveness. The pace of business is so fast that the companies that are going to dominate their market space in their product and their technology are going to be the ones that are not only the strongest in those categories, but also responsive. So I represent a whole spectrum of companies from companies that are almost stoic and lethargic because they believe their technology is so unique that almost no one can get it except from them to companies that are facing very, very large total available markets in terms of dollars and and potential, but maybe there's a, a lot of competitors. And I don't care where you are in that spectrum you need to be customer responsive. Yeah. So, you know, the old saying, start with the customer, work backwards. I don't see enough of that even today. But when I do see it, uh, I think it's the leading predictive analytic of a company that's going to succeed. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about new product development? So also, with, you know, with, with the pandemic, right? There was a lot of the the engineers working on new products got pushed over because there was like no not enough component to get, so they have to do replacement or find cross reference or stuff like that. Um, so some of all the the new products has been delayed. Um, do you see a change coming? You know, I know it's difficult with this crystal, right, to look into twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. But but what what are you predicting uh, when when looking into to the future? Wow. Well. I uh, I still believe new product development is actually absolutely key. I mean, look, look at all the new um, technology waves that are about to break loose. Uh, it's going slower than we thought, but for example, electric vehicles, fuel cell vehicles. Um, I, I love to talk about SpaceX's Starlink program because I think that's going to have a, an incredible impact on our world. Um, there's so much happening right now. And when I look back in my career, back to the first cell phone that I carried around that looked like a briefcase. 
and uh, and the first um, you know cell phones that had multifunction screens on them. And I think you know what are the waves? The PC was a big wave, for example. You know the the old clone computers and then the Apple computers and so these waves were being hit by um, more and more waves in in very um, closer, uh, quicker frequency and spacing of the technology rolling out. So um, everything from, you know, this massive investment into satellite-based technologies and um, communication travel. Travel is going to have a I keep, uh, I'm a pilot, so I always watch this new mo rising mobility market segment. Yeah. And I think that those companies that can be disciplined enough to maintain a very strong percentage of R&D to new product development are going to end up um, dominant. And um, I when, actually, when we go to review a company to represent them, and if they're a publicly traded company, I look at their R&D investment for uh, new product development. And that's to me, again, a great yeah. uh, prediction on how well they're going to do in the future. Yeah. Awesome. So um, if any of, of the listeners wants to, to reach out to you today, um, how, how can they connect with you? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk to anybody about these concepts. Um, first of all, I would say if you're a manufacturer's rep and you're trying to develop your digital marketing program, Santa is an incredible consultant and can go from cradle to grave to, to help you develop that. Um, secondly, I would say, uh, please just go to my website, englishsales.com. Feel free to call me. Uh, my phone number is on the website. Um, my email address is on the website. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so uh, I would I would welcome any conversations about, um, you know, future technology and how manufacturers reps um are trying to evolve and pivot and morph uh, to embrace this uh, very dynamic future. Awesome, and I, I'll make sure to put it in the in the show notes as well, um, and that will be on the on the episode page on mindinnovation.com. So I forgot to ask you my last question. I always do, you know, you know, if you have to give yourself an advice, maybe like ten or twenty years ago, you can decide your time frame. But what kind of advice would you give yourself? Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, it's an interesting question. I, I always I always feel like uh, for 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 our future, um, I, I'm struggling with whether to respond to this personally or in regards to the company. Yeah, you decide. <laughs> for, for our for our future in ten years. I would love to see a company that has continuously evolved um, to become aligned with the best manufacturers. So the advice I would give myself, say, if I could come back from the future and look back 10 years is, is to be incredibly open-minded and be flexible. And uh, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, be aggressive, be a risk taker, be, uh, be a, a fierce advocate on behalf of my suppliers and uh, just I try to really continually work on um, a concept that is based on the five agreements which is um, do your best you know and um, the better my salespeople do in the field uh, 
the better I feel like I've accomplished success. So we're, we've had a great couple of years. And I think some of these strategies, these concepts, so I would hope 10 years, my advice, 10 years future, looking back, my advice would be, you know, keep doing more of what you see that's working. Yeah. And no voicemail. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, okay, Cam, thank you so much. Uh, it was it was a blast. It's always, I'm so happy always, you know, talking to you and chatting about, you know, what's going on. And I'm so impressed with ETS. So, you know, keep going, keep shining, do everything what you're doing right now. Thank you, Santa. We appreciate you so much. And thanks for having me on. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Podcast. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Santa Linding. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind the Innovation, or go to my website, sanalinding.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning. <laughs>